Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we're going to talk about thinking about vocations for the future with teens. We're continuing our conversation about the post-gathering end goal studies. Um, we're going to be doing it all year, so <laughs> glad you're still with That's us. Right. Um, and now we're talking about vocation, and you might be saying, Juliana and Mark, you already talked about that. vocation. <laughs> We've already had this conversation at, with Andy Jones, who wrote a study about vocation. But now we're going to be looking at a second study that has some specific aspects of the the sub points that we talk about Mm -hmm, under mm -hmm. vocation in those 40 end goals. And we wanted to be sure to have uh, these topics covered from a couple of different angles and from a couple of different perspectives uh, to help you find deeper understanding on these important topics. And we know that vocational roles and responsibilities are going to change over time. And while it's important for us to help young people think about their vocation now, We also want them to be preparing for their future vocations as well. How are they going to be Jesus's hands and feet in their family and with their friends and their communities? And that's going to change over time. Um, But we want to know, too, for our young people to become not overly focused on the future and also miss out on how God is using them today. But we do want them to consider how they can prepare now for roles and responsibility they're going to have in the future. So joining us is the author of the study that we're highlighting, uh, Amanda Jonke. Amanda is a DCE at Concordia Prep School in Townsend, Maryland. She previously served as the DCE at St. Paul in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, she received her undergrad and graduate degree in family sciences from Concordia St. Paul. Thanks for joining us, Amanda. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And you've joined us before. Uh, You're part of our adult leader team for the 2022 Youth Mm -hmm. Gathering. So maybe people have heard you uh, in those spots talking uh, about how we're preparing our adults for the gathering. Uh, But you've had some transitions since then. So uh, we heard a little bit about you in the intro, but tell us more about your vocations, your roles in youth ministry, and other things that bring you joy. Yeah, we've had some pretty big transitions. Moving from Texas to the East Coast was pretty huge. And it was a big vocational transition because I went from being predominantly in the church and now I'm predominantly in the classroom. And so that's been a huge change. Um, And so as we talk about vocations and how they transition, that's really something I'm mindful of right now. Um, But there are some things that don't change. Uh, I am wife to Philip and mom to Reuben and Poppy, and those are vocations that I'll carry for my whole life. Yeah, and in this transition, I have um, discovered a bunch of new things and hobbies. And my new, like, two truths that a lie thing Mm. uh, is that I now do aerial yoga. I can officially call myself an aerialist. Wow. Okay. Um, And so that's my, I guess I've ruined it now by sharing it here, but... It is my new, like, two truths and a lie fact. That's fantastic. Well, one of the things we love to hear from youth ministry leaders is about their junior and senior high school years. Can you share for us how Jesus used a key moment or moments or people to bring you close to him or the church? Oh, there were so many moments. Um, So I grew up in Florida, uh, and I was so blessed by the youth ministry team in the Florida, Georgia district. Ah. Um, There are a few things that I can like really point to as big Jesus um, turning point moments. Um, One of them was on the like high school mission trip. Uh, My junior year, it was to Immokalee. um, And that was a major moment for me. I was already kind of on the track to becoming a DCE. um, But Jesus used my time with my peers and with 
those adults in a really big way um, through all of the serving and worshiping and community building. Um, the Spirit really lit a fire for pointing others to Him really deep in me. Um, and I am so, so grateful um, for all of the adults, the DCEs and the pastors and the lay leaders who did the work to make those trips happen for us because um, I can point so much of my um, kind of the transition of like childhood faith to adult faith mm. in those moments. Yeah, I don't know if, to, if I should age myself and say that you were in those high school events while I was <laughs> serving as an as a early my first uh, years of of ministry. Uh, but so fantastic. Okay, but actually, I remember serving in a middle school district gathering with you because yeah. I served on um, the district advisory council for youth ministry because I had an awesome DCE who gave me lots of different opportunities to try out uh, his vocation, which was pretty great. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Such a great, uh, great DCEs down in Florida, Georgia and, and workers there. But yeah, so great to see those opportunities. Uh, and we hear that so often uh, with people who get those opportunities as high schoolers who get to go on and um, and pursue professional church work, which is just a cool thing to hear. Uh, so what do you love about working with young people and their parents in your congregation and community? Um, Everything. <laughs> uh, I love my students' joy and enthusiasm. Um, I am always so honored uh, when they are willing to share their lives with me and allow me to walk with them and pray for them. Um, in my current call, we have a very diverse student body um, and diverse in every sense of the imagination. Um, many of my kids are introduced to Jesus first here in this building. Mm -hmm. um, and so being able to walk with them and pray for them and be with them in that is so cool and such a privilege. Um, but kind of on the flip side, uh, my master's is in family life education or family science. Um, and as part of that, I also did some coaching stuff to help me figure out how to best walk alongside um, and encourage and equip parents in fulfilling their vocation. And so getting to watch those light bulb moments um, when a youth or their parents really see God guiding their next steps brings me such joy. Um, and it's so amazing that Jesus calls me to these opportunities and that I get to witness his work. Awesome. We love to hear about people who have joy in that vocation of working with young people and their families. And we love talking about vocation in general on this podcast and youth ministry, just a great topic to engage young people as they're figuring out how God has blessed them with gifts, molded them for service and purpose in life. Um, and so just again, thank you for writing your youth resource uh, Bible study on talking more about this great topic with young people. And you talk about at the beginning of your study uh, about how the theology of vocation is such a gift to be able to engage young people and all of us to be able to see again how God has, has blessed us with so many amazing things. Um, what excites you uh, to talk about vocation with teens or maybe like you said, that aha moment with parents, but as young people start to wrap their head around that and see how God has gifted them, what, what excites you about that? Um, I find uh, our theology around vocation to be so deeply meaningful um, because 
when I think about the reminder that each of the roles that we do, um, each of the roles that we play in our lives is actually a calling from God, that imparts such deep um, meaning to everything that we do. Um, nothing is, well, I just had to do that thing. It's I'm called to do this thing. And that changes everything about how you think about the tasks that you have in your day and the people that you talk to and the places that you go. Um, I think it's particularly true in adolescence because they're either trying to find purpose and meaning in their lives and their schedules. And those lives and schedules are very full. <laughs> um, but to know that each of the things on that calendar really does matter to God and that he's with you in those places and that fulfilling your role there to the best of your ability is a way that you're ultimately serving him. Um, and to lend that depth of meaning uh, to the things that they're doing uh, has such power. Yeah. And in your study, you look at a few of those roles, child of God, family, friend, you got kingdom worker, community service. Uh, why are highlighting those roles, especially helpful for teens thinking about their vocation? Yeah. I started with child of God because as Christians, it's our most fundamental vocation. It's how we're grounded in our baptismal identity, um, as God's children. And that influences, everything we see. It's the worldview that we look at things and people and places with. Um, living as redeemed people influences how we interact with others and how we think about ourselves um, and ultimately the choices we make in the other vocations we end up in. Um, and so then from there, I moved on to the vocation of friends and family because those are vocations that will look different at different life stages. Um, but you'll have those in some capacity at every point in your life. Um, and helping teens to really begin thinking about what it means to fulfill their roles and their families and friendships in ways that honor God um, helps to set them up for a future that might ask them to make tough choices in both of those realms. Mm. Um, in the study, we looked at David and Jonathan's relationship. I mean, it would have been so tempting for Jonathan to resent David. Uh, as the expected heir to the throne who would never be king because of his father's choices. Um, how easy would it be for Jonathan to be spiteful towards the boy who would become the next king? Mm -hmm. But instead, we see him faithfully living out his vocation as a child of God um, and in respect towards God's will for the kingdom. Mm. Um, and it's in that vocation of friend uh, that he helps and protects David to the best of his ability. When teens understand those relationships as more than just friendships, uh, they've got the opportunity to be mindful of how Jesus leads them in each of their interactions. Um, when it comes to kingdom worker, that's all about understanding that our professions are vocations. And whether your future profession is church worker or not, your vocation, your job, your professional life um, matters to God. Um, and that it, while it's easy to assume that there's some kind of spiritual ranking of what the right vocation is or isn't <laughs> um that the reality is we can't all be church workers um that's not how the body works it's not how the body functions and so um helping them to process that um one person in their youth group becoming a dce versus another person becoming uh, a mechanic doesn't make one vocation better or worse than the other, but that they can both do their jobs to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, I ended with community servant. 
um, because that gets at all of the things that's in their calendar now. The way that they serve their communities and love others and lead others in their clubs and their sports and their activities. Um, to me, understanding these things as vocations rather than simply things they do um, can remind them of a few things. Um, first, that their time in those spaces and what those people have purpose. Um, and secondly, uh, that their words and actions in, at those times should be informed by that foundational vocation as a child of God. How they act on the field, how they act as a leader um, should be informed by their baptismal identity, by a theology of vocation. And I love that connection because like you said, then it comes into all parts of play of their lives. And so you get to talk about so many other things. You get to talk about, again, Thanksgiving, we give thanks to God for all those opportunities. We get to talk about stewardship, how we steward our gifts and our time and all those kind of things. And again, I love how you bring it to, it talks about that purpose and meaning of those things too, and all the things that we do, um, what God blesses us with. So just a great, like I said, there's that richness of our understanding of vocation as Lutherans and we're, how we're able to engage with young people. We know too, one of those topics that can come up is uh, youth are in that stage where they're kind of gaining their independence from parents or family. They're figuring out that maybe child role and sibling role and those kind of things that are going on. And how does talking about their vocation as a family member also help them see God's gifts for them as they use that in their family and look into future roles as well? And what are some of those things that can come out of that rich conversation? Um, in my vocation as a family life educator, one of my favorite things to work with people on is navigating transitions. Ah, mm -hmm. um, and so there are so many aspects of the launch transition, which is really what we're talking about when they're moving from that child in the home to what does it mean to have a relationship with my parents as mm -hmm. an adult? Mm -hmm. um, there are so many aspects to that that can be bolstered by an understanding of your relationship with your family as your vocation. Um, because when you remember that you're called to the role of son or daughter of your parents, that prompts you to think about um, what it means to fulfill that role and to handle the tension that comes with looking at that particular role at different life stages. Mm -hmm. um, having this kind of greater framework of vocation um, can help teens and their parents to think and process the changes in their relationships with intentionality. Um, this isn't, this relationship between parent and child is not um, a, just a given or an obligation, but instead, when we label it as a calling, that invites effort and thoughtfulness and attention. Um, and so uh, if a leader is leading this study with a group, especially of upperclassmen, it might be a really fun um, extension to ask them how they think their relationship with their parents mm -hmm. and siblings might change in the coming years. Mm -hmm. um, and even sharing how your personal relationship with your parents or your siblings changed um, as you kind of navigated those late teens, early 20s um, launch moments. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a good conversation to be having in the home too, right? Encouraging parents <laughs> yeah. to be thinking about um, how you launch kids well, right? And how you navigate that journey for, for the parents as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I love the, uh, the idea of, of going into the study and, and thinking that through and thinking about the the meaning and the calling that it is to be in our families. Um, I think often um, thinking about that, it really can just help us mm -hmm. uh, relate better <laughs> and differently to each other. Um, you also talk in, in the study about uh, helping to engage some youth over thinking about church work professions. And, and as you talked about earlier, right, 
you, you want to balance that, right? So thinking about how do we balance or how do we encourage uh, future church workers that are maybe in our youth ministry now and, and starting to think about that uh, with those who might pursue other professions, uh, but who we also want to lift up and hopefully have as, as strong lay leaders in the future. So as you're kind of balancing that, how do you do that well? Um, so being a church worker personally brings me such joy. Um, and so I think it's really important that we're sharing the joy of ministry with our students and encouraging them to consider whether or not professional church work um, might be a path that God is calling them towards. Uh, the church is going to continue to need leaders who are passionate about the gospel and pointing people to God. Um, and who are those leaders, but those currently sitting in our youth room couches all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's really important that we ask students if they've ever considered church work because it's not a profession that the world prompts them towards. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think when I think of the conversations I've had with other um, professional church workers, most people can point to some caring adult at some point in their lives who said, hey, what if you thought about this thing? Um, And so I think it's really important that as people who lead youth, um, we're paying attention to the fact that we're the only place they're going to hear, have you thought about church work from? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we don't want um, to elevate church work to the point where it's um, the goal. And if you're not a church worker, then your job doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We never want a student to come away with that. Um, And so it's important that we help teens to know and understand that their jobs inside and outside of the church have value to God um, and are genuine vocations, real callings. Um, Lay people who are working outside of the church have tremendous opportunities to demonstrate Christ's love um, and compassion in the world and to share the gifts that we have in the gospel. When we help youth to see that, to see their workplaces as mission fields and to understand um, that when you live out your vocation faithfully outside of the church, then you um, have opportunity to have conversations and relationships with people that church workers, quite frankly, will never have the opportunity to come in contact with. Absolutely. Um, And so I think helping to hold that tension and to talk about both as equally important um, and to not be afraid to encourage kids towards church work, but to not feel like you need to elevate it on a pedestal, um, but to honor and value our unique gifts and callings that God has given. And I love that you already hit on that piece too, because I think if you do have those future church workers that you're mentoring and connecting with too, what a great opportunity to talk about that as they go into those church working church work careers, the opportunity they have to equip the people of God for those vocations. And again, when the gospel can be shared in those relationships, because like, like you said, there's going to be those interactions that are going to happen that no church worker ever is going to probably get. And now we get to show the love of Jesus in the, that context. And what a great way to lay that already with a high school student or younger, um, just to see how the body of Christ works and supports one another and also takes Christ's light out into the world. So just great way. And, and you, like you said, you get to see young people get excited about that um, and really have that to see that as a blessing. And so and about that topic too, uh, we see, you know, how youth are highly connected in their communities and know what's going on because of media and other things that are taking place, that they are very much engaged in that. And I guess maybe take some minute, a moment to talk about why is talking about that vocation of community servant 
especially important to youth and maybe the youth that you work with? Um, I love Gen Z. I follow a TikToker who uh, refers to Gen Z as honey badgers um, because they um, they deeply desire to stand up for what's right um, and to make changes in the world um, and to have the things that they do matter. Um, I'm and, that. Uh, I'm going to be calling them <laughs> badgers from now on. Absolutely. <laughs> but they they gravitate towards roles uh, where they can make a difference. Mm-hmm. They're looking for like meaningless titles or arbitrary activities. Um, and they are so perceptive and can see right through any adult effort just to placate them. Um, and so because of that desire to be active in leading and serving, the vocation of community servant is a really big deal. Um, I think it's really important that youth know that the way they serve on the field and in their clubs and their organizations and everywhere else they go can bring glory to God. Inviting them to think about these activities as vocations gives additional weight and meaning to the ways that they serve. It also helps frame conversations about how we share gospel in each of those places. When they're already seeing their roles there as a vocation, as a calling, uh, the jump to talking about how they use their time there to witness to their communities becomes much easier and much more natural. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And and helps set them up, I think, for understanding how future things that they do mm-hmm. uh, relate, not just um, in terms of how it's going to get them ahead in their job or um, why they should be connecting to different community groups as they get older, uh, but helping them to see that as as vocation. And I think one of the things uh, we wanted your city to do is help you think about how their vocational roles uh happen now, but then also how those roles are going to change over time. So how does teaching vocation help youth to see how God may use them, not just now, but in the future? Helping youth kind of develop an understanding of vocation is something that will follow them all of their lives. Um, When they start to broaden their definition of vocation from like our cultural definition, which is really kind of limited to professional jobs, Um, they're more prepared to weather the changes in the vocations that they have, that they'll experience throughout their lives. Um, And the reality is sometimes those changes are expected transitions of life. And sometimes they're unexpected circumstances that you maybe wouldn't have chosen for yourself. Um, But being able to recognize that you have been called to this place, to this moment, to this task, to this job, to this vocation um, is uh, something that you can lean on and to be bolstered by when um, the transitions come, helping them to see each of their relationships and responsibilities um, through that vocational lens prompts youth to consider how God um, can and will use them and to recognize uh, opportunities that they have to be on mission in their own figurative Judeas and Samarias um, to where they've been called. What are some of the ways that out of this study you have used to help prepare youth for their voca- future vocational roles? Um, So when I think about helping youth prepare for their future vocations, um, I'm really focused on helping them identify the gifts that God has given them and the skills and passions that they have um, so that they can kind of figure out where they fit and what God's calling to them and helping them to um, develop the spiritual disciplines to spend time with God, um, to discern those callings and to 
um, listen for his leading and his prompting um, because they're going to have more choices than we can even ever imagine. Um, but to help them learn how to be with God and to listen for him um, and to listen to him and knowing that he promises to be present in his word. Um, and that means we get to spend time there as part of our vocational discernment. Um, and so helping them navigate scripture and um, be in prayer about what comes, um, I think are some of the ways that I'm careful to encourage vocation. So we talk about it. We talk about what vocation is, but we also talk about what it means to listen for God's leading. Yeah, and I appreciate, you know, how we do this and and how a study like this can help uh, young people to understand the depth and that, like you said earlier, that gift of, of our theology of vocation. Because we know so many of these young people are going to grow up and uh, take on jobs professionally that don't even exist yet. Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> They're going to be serving in communities that we don't even know what they will look like in the future, right? Technology is changing things so rapidly. So be able to to set a great ground level for them to kind of go like, okay, then whatever comes, right? Um, we I have a way and a perspective for us to be able to look at that. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things I really appreciated about your study was that it really does a, a great job of helping give a great lens for now, but also as you as a young person goes into the future. So uh, as young uh, as adult leaders might be thinking about uh, using the study, any encouragement you might give them um, as they prepare the study and using it with their young people. Um, one thing that I wrote in to each session is an optional like extension activity. Uh, not everybody will have time to do those, but if your time allows, um, I think that they're really powerful activities that um, they either invite youth to reflect on what you've been talking about and learning, or it challenges them to apply the concepts. Um, and so for, or for many of our youth, their learning style is more tactile, more based in doing. And so um, after you've had discussions and you've been in scripture, giving them a task or a challenge or a something to do or create um, really helps them kind of internalize what you've been talking about. And so each of those sessions has a different activity. Um, sometimes it's a craft or writing a note. Um, but whatever it is, they're designed so that students start to um, really figure out what it means to apply this vocational knowledge um, into their own worldview. Um, and, but ultimately, it's my prayer that um, as groups work through this study, that youth would come to know and understand um, that all parts of them, every role that they play distinctly matters to God and that in living out those roles, they can honor and glorify him um, everywhere that they go. Awesome. Well, thanks, Amanda, for joining us and for writing this study. And hopefully people get a chance to dive into it soon. I love that she talked about on uh, the study, those optional extension activities. And one of the ones that she had that I was thinking through as we were prepping for the podcast is that one of them is to give thanks or to thank, whether maybe through a note, if that's possible, uh, maybe like the first person who shared Jesus with you and to see that as a vocation. It may have been a parent, may have been a pastor, DCE, teacher, whatever, may have been a friend who shared Jesus with you and to take that time and give thanks. And I was thinking of the people who listen to the podcast, again, whether you're 
church worker professionally, a pastor, DC, deaconess, teacher, whatever it might be, but then also so many that are not, and yet see working with youth as a vocation. Um, see the purpose of it, see the yeah. value of it, the joy of it, um, and that you invest your time uh, in the lives of young people and their parents, again, so that they may be disciples of Jesus Christ. So thank you uh, for, again, understanding as a vocation and the role and the importance that that is in the lives of young people. And living out that vocation, whether that was something you went into professionally and that was your intention and you wanted to do youth ministry or so many adult mm-hmm. leaders who um, slip into that vocation sometimes <laughs> right. because they got voluntold, <laughs> um, but who still choose to live it out um, mm-hmm. in a way that, that points young people back to Christ. And um, I love her attitude, especially, and you can see it all over the city mm-hmm. and how she takes the everyday mm-hmm. yep. and says, hey, in the everyday relationships and the everyday activities that you're doing, use this lens to understand the value that you have um, that you're bringing as you reflect God's light out into the world in all of those different ways. Right. And I think in our culture, some ways where we seem to be getting maybe disenfranchised and disconnected relationally anyway, mm-hmm. um, that what an important role that is in all the things that we do to be able to have those tech uh, touch points and connections with people who may be hurting, don't know the gospel, um, and get in ways to encourage other Christians too, and just those roles that we take on in our lives. Yeah. And to think about even um, something as close as your family mm-hmm. uh, and yep. for those high schoolers, especially who uh, might be uh, getting ready to leave the house for the first time, mm-hmm. or even for those high schoolers who are struggling with like uh, just parent back and forth. And I think that's so normal for adolescents, right? As she mm-hmm. talks about as they're getting ready to launch, how does helping them frame up those relationships as a, a vocational role mm-hmm. uh, change the way that we talk to, talk about, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. interact with um, our siblings, our parents, our grandparents, mm-hmm. our teachers, um, all of those different roles um, that, that young people might be struggling yep. in. So much good stuff. And uh, we love continuing to talk about vocation. Uh, (laughs) Show's got to end sometime. Right, I guess, uh, I suppose. But some closing questions for you to consider. First, how are you helping young people to see their relationship as family or friend as vocations? How can you help young people see the purpose of current vocations, no matter how mundane or simple? And how can you help young people prepare for future vocations, no matter what those might be? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you live out your vocation and as you encourage young people to deeply understand and live out their vocations as well. Engold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.